These are hard. I kind of finished up some thoughts we started at the last podcast, and then you can take it from there. Is that okay? Yeah, I've got a few kind of the normal things, but looking forward to it. All right. Last thing. Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Well, I'm Roger Fields, and I'm here with Jeff, Jeff. Fields. <laughs> and we're in Central Kentucky at uh, Moonlight Fields Wedding Farm from the Man Cave broadcasting this. Uh, the Fields Brothers Show. We are recovering pastors with no history of scandal. At least not the not on my side. We're not. Anyway. Get your wedding season done. So wedding you're feeling season. Oh, I'll good tell you what. We just did our last wedding, and it is a great feeling. We do weddings <laughs> from May, pretty solid, all the way through the end of October. And I mean, it's just always the pressure is always there to make sure that the farm is just immaculate and all that. And so we still do tours all winter long. So you still have to kind of keep the farm yeah. up, but. It's a whole different. It's a whole difference between a tour and a yeah, somebody's oh yeah. actually oh having yeah. their wedding. Yeah. You know, even when things like right now, my office is a mess because I'm renovating my real estate office here on the farm, and I can explain to people on a tour, "Hey, we're renovating some stuff, and it's no big deal. You just can't be doing that during somebody's wedding." Yeah. You know, and my office is a bit of a mess right now too. That's right, you're getting, moving. Getting aren't ready you? to move. That's our last week. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just can't take it anymore. My office is just too cramped. My desk is too big. I have determined. There is nothing I can do in this office because my desk is too crazy big. So I'm getting rid of my desk, getting a smaller desk, reorganizing everything. I'm taking over another room, which I already started taking over, and I'm going to put a door in between those two rooms so oh. I can kind of use both of them, kind of as a little oh, okay. office suite. And um, I, I've just got to get, I've just got to have a work environment that I enjoy going to rather than dreading going to. So anyway, <laughs> and that's that's what anyway what I'm into. So you have something. Hey, carry over from last time did you say yeah let me tell you one thing real quick before you go to that though you know i had this 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 facebook page so what's happening in yeah, Nicholasville? Yeah, okay i enjoy it and I, I have I see this time you, you realize there's, there's over six thousand people on this now I there's only thirty thousand yeah. people live in nicholasville so if these and these are mostly as far as i can tell nicholasville residents so around 20 percent of the town is now on this site <laughs> okay and so we have a, one of the funniest things about this is that we do have a few rules. We have rules. You can only advertise your business on Monday. I saw one that someone advertised a business today, and I know the family. And I thought, uh-oh, what are monitors going to say well, about this? Here's what happens, though. It's like there, there are several people who on this page that have taken upon themselves to police the site, so they'll report them to us. Oh, so you've got some deputies some, out oh, there. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we didn't mean to have that, but they, they were <laughs> – so we get we get notified all the time. So I had to make Lori a moderator of this thing, which I shouldn't have done to begin with anyway. And so she now looks it over, and if they if they put a uh, if they advertise a business on any other day other than Monday, then we have to take down the post. Yeah. If it's not a Nicholasville business, we take down the post. If it's anything mean or hateful, which rarely happens, we take down the post. But there's a few little rules, you know. And but it's just so funny to watch these people police. I mean, if you put something inappropriate on there, you like I mean inappropriate like a business. I mean, if you just advertise your business on a day other than Monday, yeah. normally people will nail you within three seconds. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's a very yeah, legalistic group. Incredibly you got going legalistic there. group. I mean, they're after you you know and then of course then we feel obligated to enforce our own rules yeah and so uh and then the other day i had uh, i have a, a real estate client that was looking for some specific properties and i saw one it wasn't strictly speaking an advertisement for my real me being a realtor but i was looking for a piece of property so then the discussion came was he allowed to do this and they said well it is his page you know and i said look i'm trying to obey by my abide by my own rules but this was a little different because we're down to the gun you're just like the typical politician yeah. the rules are for everybody yeah, else for except I mean, for me and so. so i am really sensitive to that and i try to 
Anyway, I, but, well, we just mentioned that I deleted some. Uh, con- this may be the first time I've done this. You know, you and I are administrators on a couple of Facebook groups that we post things about grace. Yeah. And I posted something the other day, and I am. I, I ended up deleting a whole section of comments on it. All right, because it was. You know, I, I made a point that I thought was good and had a scripture from Second Corinthians five sixteen and seventeen about you know the finished work of Jesus. And I put you know there's a new covenant in town. Well, then I'm sure a very sincere lady, and so I kind of felt bad about it. I didn't do anything at first, but she she replied and asked, "Well, is the vaccine the mark of the beast or not?" Because <laughs> okay. Franklin Graham took the shot. And I mean, she was asking I too, an honest Jeff, question. Is it or not? I mean, you got to you got to settle this now. And I, I mean, she was not trying yeah, to be yeah. disruptive yeah. or smart. I mean, she was, and yeah. so I and I thought, well, okay. At some point, then I forgot to reply to it. I was just going to say, you know, we there's lots of good questions. This is that's kind of outside the scope. Well, before I had a chance to do that, look back. There's like eight or nine comments under her reply now. Everybody going back and forth. Oh, I mean, and, I'm sure it's and on this. And so I put a comment in there. You know, asking the so I thought. Well, first I'll just put an add a comment saying that you know I appreciate your question, but this is very much outside the scope of what this page is about. And I even said you know would ask others to refrain from any additional. Well, there was another one or two after I did that. Yeah. yeah. So I just deleted. You know the, whole, the interesting the thing chain, about the mark so. of the beast, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's literal. I really don't know. But the thing of it is, is I've had so many people basically say to me, and, and they they phrase different ways that they're afraid that they'll inadvertently take the mark. You know, it's like. Because nobody knows if it's a literal <laughs> stamp on your hand and forehead, if it's a, if it's something electronic, if it's a chip that's embedded or whatever. And so people are, afraid, I mean, think about this. They're afraid that, yeah, I love Jesus and I put my faith in him and I'm a believer, but if I mess up and I take this mark, <laughs> I am toast, you know? I mean, how secure, I mean, how secure you are you yeah. in your salvation if you're afraid that you're going to slip up, take the, like a vaccine, you know, yeah. or you're going to do something that, nullifies your salvation yeah so, anyway, so anyway so yeah weird, that's yeah. just no here's my i was trying to make this point at the last podcast i think it was the last one that you know the gospel is transformational from the inside out it's internal it's an announcement of good news uh we're completely forgiven we're secure jesus gave his life for us we're in christ i mean it's, it's very much a what has happened what we can be aware of now um and it works from the inside out whereas we have, I think, I believe we've kind of traded that off for external motiva- motiv- motivational stuff. And now on the bad side of it, you know, it's, you say, well, it's, ex- it's external, it's temporary, you got to live up to this book, you got to follow Jesus, you got to give your life, you know, it's all the stuff you got to do. But sometimes the sermons are not half bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like every sermon is a horrible, legalistic, judgmental kind of thing. I mean, sometimes they are rather motivating. Yeah, okay. but they still are external. Yeah, and so I think that we have kind of traded that off. It, it's like, and I, it seems to me that the reason is because we're just more comfortable. Many times as preachers, we're more comfortable in saying things to kind of motivate people to do what we think they should do, mm-hmm. and not do things we don't think they should do. Um, that doesn't mean you never bring out what, you know, the difference between right or wrong or anything, but the, the focus should never even close uh, be towards that rather than the gospel of what God has done for us. But I think sometimes you can hear a message and go, wow, I mean, that's, that was a fairly motivational message that didn't sound judgmental, but it's still external. It still mm-hmm. just kind of gets, gets you kind of revved up, which will last for all of a day and a half. That's the thing after. 
you know, get to be our age, you've been through so many of those, right. you're kind of become immune to them a little bit. And you realize, yeah. yes, yes, that sounds good. Yeah. Yes, but I realize I'm going to yeah. forget that t- this and, time and tomorrow. It's, well, it's like your chapter, I think, that you really kind of spearheaded in the book about the dead cat bounce. Yeah. You know, it just, you know, it's it's it has a little bump to it, and it's great, but it does not last. At some point, you know, you just can't live off of external motivation. And the people that try to do that just need to be motivated all of the time. And the in the book of Deuteronomy, you know, they said, okay, here's what you, if you do this, this, and this, you'll be blessed. If you do this, this, and this, you'll be cursed. And whatever, I mean, everybody was gung-ho. Everybody yeah. said, oh, yeah. yes, we will, do we will do everything right. in the word of law. And they were excited. They were, they were pumped up. They were motivated. Yep. But it didn't it work out so well. Out. After a while, you're thinking, eh, I don't think so, you know. But here's the last thing I want to say about this, and that is the problem with transformational. Here's the problem with it, is that you can't control it. I mean, if, you, if you're giving right. people yeah. the gospel and yeah. letting the Holy Spirit work in them from the inside out, um, you can't program it. A lot it. of it comes down to control, yep. You can't even always see it. Yeah. Um, and you, and it lets people off the hook, you know. Um, and it just it just removes the pressure. A lot of times we like the pressure. We like to put pressure on people, and a lot of people like to have the pressure on them. So that's kind of what I was saying. I think I made a statement in the the, the Freedom in Christ site that basically said that we've traded um, trans, what's transformational for what's motivational, and had a lot of people say, "Huh, like what's you know?" But I anyway, so I'm trying to explain it. The uh, I want to explain the dead cat bounce a little bit. It's probably yeah. long. I'm sure someone there. There might be two or three people out there, Roger, that have not read our book. That, that listen to the podcast. Shocking. I know. But I know. Ahead, but, yeah. but there's a chapter on the dead cat bounce, and and just What's quickly the book? breaking. Oh, thank you. Breaking the hex. Life with God after the cross killed religion. Available on Amazon. I still love the subtitle. The cross did kill religion, and I mean, that is from Colossians that. two, yeah. where it talks about it nailed yeah. uh, the the. You think of the cross as a religious symbol, and it's the opposite. It was a symbol that. That religion's over, but. and so the dead cat bounce is a Wall Street term. My my job um, sometimes involves things that are related to Wall Street, as uh, as I work in the financial services industry. And the uh, the term dead cat bounce is a term that's in Wall Street that implies it has to do with either a whole sector of the stock market or the stock market, or a lot of times an individual stock that is in a downtrend, but occasionally will rally back and go up. So, I mean, even the worst, you know, Enron went bankrupt about 20 years ago or whenever that was. But in the downward trajectory of the Enron stock, it occasionally had a you know period of a few days or maybe in a few weeks where it went up. And so when it goes up, the question for stock market analysts is, okay, is the worst over? Is there a new uptrend, an extended uptrend? Or is it just a temporary reversal and a temporary rise before it resumes the downward trend and they call that a dead cat bounce i don't know who invented that phrase or i don't know if if i ever looked it up i forgot but the phrase comes that if you drop a dead cat even a dead cat will bounce a little bit so Mm -hmm. i didn't invent it so don't write me about the you can't lovers and all that but that's the phrase and so that really does kind of depict a lot of the fleshly motivation that goes on so it does bring a little bit of a bounce it does a little bit of a rally yeah and uh, and too many times, you know, for a lot of believers, you know, they don't know there's anything different, and they just kind of chase one rally after another. Yep. The next motivational book, the next great song, the next great speaker, the next great conference, or whatever. And um, and how many sermons have we heard? Sermons, books, you know, messages where somebody's discovered some key, some hidden gem in the scripture mm-hmm. that if you just do this one little thing, 
it will bring about bliss and happiness and prosperity or whatever. So yeah. this actually fits very well with what I was going to talk about anyway. All right, so go ahead. Can I go ahead and get into that? Yeah. Got a few off-topic things. We'll. Uh, oh yeah, let me mention a couple of off-topic things All before right, we get ahead. into that. So All we'll right. kind of break it up here a little bit. But um, have I surprised you with the? Uh, did you know your brother could be so adventurous as well? Oh, I've my got last this week? down to talk about. Oh, this is since no. our last podcast. No, I am so. in shock. Can I go ahead and tell him what yeah, you did? Yeah. I am in shock. My brother, <laughs> for his birthday, can I tell him which birthday? Uh, yeah. His 60. 60th birthday. Yeah, it was since our last podcast. <laughs> went ziplining. Yep. Now, this, so up, up until this point, what would you say would be the most adventurous thing you've done in your life? Oh, I don't know. Drive a golf cart over no, seven we, miles an no, hour. We, or we went to Israel. We, I okay, mean, that's a trip. I mean, I'm talking well, about. But I mean, we, you, you don't you don't ride a motorcycle. You don't bungee jump. You don't skydive. You don't. Do you ever ever snow skied? Yes, I have snow skied. Okay, have you it's, water skied? Been there. I've tried one time. It didn't go so well, but I tried. Did I've you? Tubed, okay. I went with tubing instead. You know, when the skiing didn't oh, work tubing. out, we, we okay. resort to the tubing. <laughs> okay, so, so there, but that makes my point. To see, so. for Jeff, tubing is adventurous, and, you know, that's high thrill stuff. So, anyway, good. tell us about your zip lining. Boy. Well, we went. I had the idea that, hey, let's do something different. We were going to go to a place called Red River Gorge, which is only about an hour from our house, and there's a lot of hiking and, and all that. And um, I'd seen some things pop up on yeah. Facebook about ziplining. And, uh, you know, I don't like sudden drops, so I don't, I'm not big in roller do coasters. Roller, do you ride roller coasters? No, I mean, I had a – many years ago I had time or two, but I don't like the a sudden drop. Okay. Yeah. So short answer is no, I don't okay, do ro- roller coasters. coasters. I didn't think but, so. Because I don't like the sudden drops. But ziplining, you don't have a sudden drop. I mean, right. just a little bit of a dip there when you take off. But, you know, you just kind of coast along there, and I'm – I don't. I'm not afraid of heights. I don't have any problem with heights. Okay. Well, that's. I that's mean, good. I've been to the top of the Empire State Building. I've looked out from the top of the yeah. Empire State Building with no problem. So, <laughs> yeah. So I thought, you know, this kind of sounds fun and be different and yeah. beautiful time of year. And, and so Teresa was up for it, and so we signed up and uh, five different lines. And you know, one of those you actually from one county to another county. I mean, a couple of those you saw some of the pictures. I think yeah. maybe that. I mean, there's a huge valley you're going across, like yeah. 300 feet yeah. off the ground, and um. It was a lot of fun. The uh, the guides make it fun. You yeah. know, there was yeah. there was five of us total. So Teresa and I, another couple about our age, and they're they were from Michigan visiting their son who lives in Lexington. So their yeah. son was was there. So five of us and three guides. And um, funny, I, I think I told you about this, but I won't go and tell on the podcast. One of the funniest things we get in this little bus. You know, we get our we get our gear on. We get all this harness on. I mean, it's a full body harness pretty much. And <laughs> and. Uh, so then we get in and they get these helmets and you know we look pretty goofy and you get on this little bus to, to drive a short distance half mile to the where you start on this and so there's you know we're five of us are on this bus with the guides and the guy the guide stands up and said uh how many of you have never done this before so Teresa and i raise our hands and he says you've never ridden a bus before <laughs> that was <weird. laughs> i thought that was a good line now, so you did look a little funny in the helmet i gotta tell you see i left my hat on i know i put the helmet no, over the hat reminded me of okay uh, well i saw someone put a picture on facebook uh, what were you then? It reminded me. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> excuse me. You, you're gonna have to edit this part out. Maybe it reminded me. Of, excuse. <coughs> yeah, I'm gonna edit this. They remind me when they put Michael Dukakis in the tank. Oh, Remember that? He sticks his head over the tank with the helmet on. That's kind of remind me. <laughs> our uh, our uh, friend in Memphis said it. He put a posted a picture of it about uh, Elmer Fudd with the rifle. Yeah, you know, Elmer right. Fudd had a great yeah. big tall yeah. tall hat on that, but. So, um, but it, it was a lot of fun. And, um, when Teresa always went before me on those 
and uh, the one of them, she was getting ready to, you know, to yeah, you're supposed to walk, just walk off the platform and then kind of bring your knees up and uh, kind of tuck and lay back like that. And, um, and she had started down there and, and, you know, he pointed out that he can shake the rope after he sends you off, you know, there's other guys on the other end to catch you, but said he can shake the rope and kind of, he said, next time, should I mess with her? I said, no, I don't think he should. Um, cause she was a little more nervous than I was about the whole thing. And I said, no, I don't think you should. Then I get down there and I'm going down there and I'm about halfway through the one and I feel a rope going back and forth. He's messing with me now, but, but it was fine. So it was a lot of fun. And then, um, this little less adventurous, but it went unicycling. Did you see the well, video on, of that? One more comment about zip lining. Okay, okay. okay. Here's what you got to do next. Okay, you like zip lining? You like zip lining? Yes, that was fine. Okay, go to the mega cavern in Louisville. You can zip line in a cave. Oh, I do that. So you okay? You can zip line, <laughs> and you and you're going into completely dark. You can't see what's on the other end of what, you, what you're going into. Okay. And so you just as you get there, then you can kind of see where you're going. But it is it's a little different experience, okay. but it's fun. You you like it. Mega Cavern in Louisville. I don't, I don't think I would have a now problem with that. Now that you've got this that. thrill-seeking side of you is now coming out at the age of 60. Well, see, I that's, mean, just, that's just who I am. <laughs> you know? I just misjudged you your entire life, okay? <laughs> I thought of that, that episode in, in uh, Andy Griffith where Barney, he's referring to singing, you know. You know, he has to sing. He said, can you tell a bird not to sing? Can you tell a fish not to swim? And so that's kind of the way I was. You can't tell me not to be adventurous. I just aim who I am. And so the other idea I had, we were going to have all the kids, grandkids over Saturday night for something else at our house just this past Saturday night. And um, I, as you probably, I guess you already knew that I used to ride a unicycle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In high school, learned to ride a unicycle. Yeah, very good. And um, I mean, it was never great, but I mean, good enough to have fun. I mean, we could ride it. I mean, we could ride. You rode to church um, from the. Yeah, I I went like two miles. miles, Well, not several, two to three, maybe, you know, nonstop. But, uh, and there's no coasting on a unicycle, so that's kind of tiring. But um, it had been the mid 90s. I was briefly on it a couple times when someone else had asked me to do it in the mid 90s. And so that had been like 25 years, roughly. And I thought, well, I want to see if I can still ride that. You know, the bicycle, if you, once you learn, you never forget. And I thought, I wonder if it's the same way. But then also, realized, you know, I don't want to hurt myself. And so I um, you know, we still have it. And the tire was flat, but it got that pumped up. I mean, there's not a lot to go wrong with the unicycle. I mean, it's a pretty basic piece well, of equipment. Yeah, the equipment can't go wrong. So right? um, a little rusting in places, but the wheel still turned good. There's one um, spoke broken, but that didn't, you know, have lots of other spokes. And so I uh, had all the kids again in the backyard. So I did it on grass, a little bit downhill. It is harder on grass, but it was just safer. So if you I did, did okay? fall. But uh, did you not see the video on no, Facebook? No. Well, yes, it went okay. Well, it took right. me a few times. I did that. To, I, I posted the successful one on Facebook, and then in the comment section, I put the prequel that okay. kind of when I was working I'm up. I'm sorry. I don't know how I missed that. But I, I even mentioned that. in that that this was being sponsored by the, the Fields Brothers. Well, um, I missed that. I'm sorry. That. But it was a lot of fun. That. So went went down the yard and, uh, and a unicycle, so I can I can still, at age 60, how many 60-year-olds out there are still riding a unicycle? But, so I'll put it up for another we do this every year around my birthday or we something just, like that. We just are so. in complete awe of your abilities and talents. Okay, now that and we've used a good chunk of time talking about my adventures and all that, I want to get back to what right. what I was going to talk about, which does tie in what, you, what you're talking about. And it's the idea of spiritual growth. And I come across something and heard actually a couple different people sharing along these lines that I hadn't thought about. You know, And it's going to be from Hebrews 5 and 6, where the writer of Hebrews talks about milk and meat. 
you know, you should be growing by now. You know, basically he's saying, he doesn't say the exact words, but, you know, you should have grown more than now. You still need milk yeah. instead of meat. Right. And what I never thought of till I heard a couple of other people since then, uh, last week or two, and I got reading and listening some more, comparing it to the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, that the milk is kind of the Old Covenant, lays the foundation for it early on, but the real growth, maturity, the meat is the New Covenant. And as I read that, I think that does fit. Uh, well, now, that. the way I heard it was that the meat is when you hear start hearing somebody really step on your toes and tell you all that you better be doing, and if you're not doing the right stuff, you know. It is interesting wanna, the different if, ways that yeah, can be. If, you want, if, if you're on milk, it's because you just want to hear just about love and grace and all that. and then Milk is just kind of like how you get to heaven and how you yeah. Yeah, you. If you really say, want to buckle oh, down, you'll be a disciple. Whatever. You'll be the right kind of disciple yeah. now. Then you got to have the meat uh, tell you what you better be, better be doing. So I knew that that's not what it was, but I honestly, I don't think I'd ever really given a whole lot of thought to, to what it is. Um, and it's certainly not the deep, you know, there's a lot of niche, uh, just detailed theological discussions. Oh, you know, that's not it. He can't be talking about mm-hmm. that. But, I, you know, you read all that and, and go back and forth, and he's talking to the to the Hebrews, I, you know, I think that does fit. I'll actually read that talking about that. that. That's very interesting. But the yeah. idea is this, that I think, and I, I would fit in this category, and I'm, I'm guessing you would say that you would as well, that many believers have been believers for many, 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 many years, maybe two or three decades or more, and if they were really honest, they don't feel that they have grown spiritually for 20 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. They know more information. They know more scriptures. Mm-hmm. They still have the same struggles, same still fears, the exact same struggles, same anxieties, still, yep. still the same doubts, and really haven't grown. Same sense of failure. And so what, and then the, the, the other verse, which I think Peter uses the term milk, he didn't compare it to meat, so I think he's using it in a different, different way, but it has that verse in First Peter 2 that we've talked about, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And like two verses earlier in chapter 1, verse 25, it's specifically said, that's where chapter 1 is where he talks about the flower fades and the grass withers, but the what word of our Lord, is this again? First Peter, the, the oh, okay. two, oh, yeah, yeah. early in two is where the sincere, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And I don't think he's using it there in, in contrast to meat because he never talks about meat there. But in the chapter before that, we have talked about that where the flower fades, the grass withers, but the word of our Lord shall stand forever. And we pointed out it goes on, and this word is the good news that you have heard. And mm-hmm. so the word is not the, the 66 bikes of right. books of the Bible. <laughs> the, the word is the gospel, the good news of what Jesus has done. And then so in that context, he says, so desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of believers uh, that have really come to see new covenant grace, you know, they will say it's like being born again, again. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them will say, they have that same testimony that it, it's not until I saw that that I really began to see growth in my spiritual life yeah. because it doesn't come by trying real hard. So this is what we're getting back to what you mentioned, yeah. that it doesn't come through propping up the flesh and just the outward motivation, but that it's, you know, as we, we see the finished work of Christ and we rest in him and we look to him and we quit trying in that sense, that's when, you know, it comes about. I mean, everything, and, and you if do you don't understand grace, kind of by default, everything becomes um, behavior modification. Yeah. Great quote by Tolian Chavidian. Yeah, I, know I, know, says I, know, Chavidian. I don't know how you pronounce that. He, he mentioned this the other day. He says, the way, the way that many of us have been taught to think about sanctification is actually very unsanctified. It's, it's, in fact, it's terribly narcissistic. When the focus of the Christian life becomes the life of the Christian we get worse, not better. 
Read that again. When the yes. focus of the Christian life becomes the life of the Christian, we get worse, not better. Then he says this. The truth is that when we stop obsessing over our need to improve, that's what it means to improve. Mm-hmm. The idea of obsessing over our need to improve. If that doesn't descri- – I mean, that, that describes me for yeah. many, many years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obsessing and – that other Hebrews talks about good and evil, and they also get the idea that you know when we think of good and evil, we tend to think of just outward good and outward evil. But really, you know, evil is the self righteousness. You know, Jesus mm-hmm. called the Pharisees evil and the, the evil mm-hmm. that was in their hearts, and so it's it's the the self righteousness that comes by trying to do do enough. You know, that's the evil. The good is the righteousness of God that's been given to us by grace, and so. You know, the spiritual growth, we don't grow spiritually by trying real hard to grow spiritually. But when we see grace, we see the new covenant, we rest in him, that's when the growth really starts to happen. I agree. Hey, you know, let me give, um, give you this as we go out. Um, I heard um, somebody posted this on uh, Facebook. I had forgotten this quote, or maybe I, I mean, I've read the book, so I guess I read it. But Bob George in Classic Christianity said this great quote, unless, until... You rest in the finality of the cross, you'll never experience the reality of the resurrection. Yeah. I think that's pretty yeah. good. Until finality you rest in the, the finality of the cross, that it's all done, Forgiven. you'll never experience the reality of the resurrection. Amen. I think that's true. 